selling heart-shaped Cinepacks in a nine-count pack of mini-bun rolls. For when you love her enough to buy her the best, as long as you don't have to leave the mall food court. <laughs> and for the meat-eaten woman in your life, there's bouquets of bacon roses. Yes. If you don't make her heart flutter, 40 slices of rolled-up bacon <laughs> will stop it dead. <laughs> wow. Wow. Wow is right. Dark. So I have so much trouble figuring out what's a big deal and what's not a big deal in the modern media world. I was taking in some MSNBC yesterday. I watched some of the Chris Matthews show, and I watched Brian Williams' show like I do every night at 8 o'clock, the 11th hour, because it's the last live news show of the day. So anything breaking late in the day makes it onto that show. And they were going with the, as they have <laughs> at least 20 times in the last two years, this is it. This is the day. We've uncovered the smoking gun. Trump is done. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, you know, DEFCON 4 or whatever. Right. Whichever the impeachment one. has begun. Exactly. And I never know. And, and so some of these stories turn out to be kind of big. Some of these stories are being investigated. Some of them just disappear. Some of them turn out to be completely false, we later find out. And it's always difficult to know. And meanwhile, on Fox, I, t- I watched a bunch of shows, and it never got mentioned once. Specifically talking about uh, Paul Manafort, former campaign manager of the uh, Trump campaign, found to have lied to prosecutors. Uh, under his agreement to cooperate. So it's definitely bad news for him. Any chance he had of not spending the rest of his life in jail seems to have uh, disappeared. And he will spend probably the rest of his life in jail because he's an old man already. Lying multiple times to prosecutors after pledging to cooperate uh, previously. But something happened last week that the the Trump-hating crowd particularly points to. In one of your hearings... Uh, when this came up, this discussion, um, lawyer involved said, well, this, this, this Manafort lying about a meeting with Ukrainians and Russians gets to the heart of what we're investigating. So this is important. And, just, and that was it. Left mm-hmm. it at that. But that was seen as the biggest tip yet, tip of the hand of what Mueller's into or how far he's gotten or what road he's going down. In that, okay, it's the it's the Manafort meeting with Ukrainians, Russians thing. Mm-hmm. Is that's the crux of their investigation, and that could be a big deal, I suppose. If 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 Trump himself was involved in promising Russia, hey, we'll back off on Ukraine. You can have Ukraine. You get me elected president. Right. There's no evidence that that happened. That's out there yet, and and. And uh, and I don't I don't I, I doubt that he did Manafort saying that to Russians though are you being involved right Ukraine? having been involved in that part of the world his whole life I fully could believe read my mind that was his full time gig representing loathsome Ukrainian oligarchs that was what Paul Manafort did for a living so the fact that he met with loathsome Ukrainian oligarchs with ties to the Kremlin is like saying Joe Getty talked into a microphone. I mean, that's what I do. Now, who promised whom what at whom's whose bequest? Uh, I, I have no or request. I have no idea. And neither do you. So it's, if, if you come into this convinced that Trump is a tool of Putin and the fact that Paul Manafort, his campaign manager, met with this Konstantin Kalimnik character and then lied about it. It seems incredibly nasty.
And, you know, it could be, I suppose. But, again, that's what he did for a living before, during, and after his involvement with the Trump campaign. So, uh, listen, if I had to formulate a theory, thumbnail, it's that Paul Manafort, the utterly soulless wheeler dealer and and uh, apologist for loathsome <laughs> uh, dictators and oligarchs, said to his clients, listen, you're not going to believe this. Donald Trump just asked me to get his delegates together for the convention. I'm going to push really hard to get our interests into the platform and that sort of thing. I could believe that easily. Well, if you see the uh, the MSNBC crowd lay out their version of the story, and you include Trump's going pretty soft on Putin there when they were in that meeting together about how uh, and Putin says he didn't do it, so you know, yeah, you know that sort of stuff. Sure, <laughs> and and then it's just a coincidence that Manafort, who he hired as a campaign manager, also has happens to be an expert in Ukraine and Russia and everything like that. You know. There's a lot of dots you could connect. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. If you all, if you look at it all through that lens, it's funny. I'm reminded of like uh, little mysteries I would read to my kids before bedtime, where you know a Ricky Raccoon was seen creeping around the house just before you know something happened, and some of the animals wanted to convict Ricky Raccoon, but then it turns out Ricky is actually very fond of of uh, Renee Rabbit and was leaving her a Valentine's card, and it was actually Freddie Fox who did it. And we all learned a little something about if you look at everything through one lens, you're going to come to one conclusion. But we just don't know. You know, Trump's mistake was hiring Manafort to do anything. Guy is just dirty. Well, then the question, then, why, why did so many people lie? I think it's pretty clear why Manafort would lie. But Flynn and others, why did why did they lie about some of these meetings and stuff? Why? I have no idea. Exactly. Well, exactly. It's inexplicable. So right. it, it's easy to, you know, spin a story. I'll tell Assume you what. the worst. I'll tell you where I think we're going to end up for all of history is uh, Manafort was trying to make deals with Russia. We're going to lighten up on sanctions and everything. Ukraine is yours. You help me out here. Passing poll numbers to him, that sort of stuff. Whether or not he was doing that at the behest of Trump, we'll never know. And uh, part of the country will always believe that he was, and Mm -hmm. part of the country will will always believe he wasn't. I think that's where we're going to end up. And then, once again, it's a political issue. Right. Right. Yeah, the Flynn thing has always confused me, because the stuff he lied about, there's no reason to lie about it. Yeah, I ran into the dude after an awards show, and we chatted for a couple of minutes. What of it? Got this text. Take the kids to Victoria's Secret to help choose something for uh, uh Wouldn't that be weird? I think that'd be weird. Yeah, that'd be a little odd. Yeah. Well, you can teach the kids about, you know. Trying uh, to picture my dad taking me to Victoria's Secret to pick out sexy clothing for a mom. Now, I don't think I would have liked you that. You can have them pay. Make that sure they get the correct name. change back. That's a good lesson. <laughs> you can talk about <laughs> where, where babies works. come from. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Just all, and all kinds of stuff about... Uh, uh, you know, pricing and items and commodities. I mean, you see, look at these. There's hardly any material here at all. Right. Yet this is $30. Right. It's supply and demand. <laughs> Mommy's going to wear that? <laughs> and they'd giggle. Oh, it'd just geez. be a great. This has gone way too troubling outing. for even me. Really? Yes. <laughs> well, then I've done my job. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I hope, it's, I hope you have the most romantic Valentine's Day. For, for children and people who think love is the way it is in the movies. <laughs> That's who it's for. And people who make money off of cards and chocolates. Indeed. Wandering in the night.
finally, little Frank. So we talk a lot about the presidential election and follow politics here. How many people are following it closely? This is a good reminder for for me, anyway. Uh, A couple of polls that we saw. Good for you not following it, by the way. Good for you. Live your life. Here, here. Buy a bacon bouquet for your loved one. Watch some sports. That's what you need to do. Oh, and hey, I promised you a roundup of uh, programs and ideas to deal with the spectacular explosion in, in homeless populations on the west coast of the U.S. There are all sorts of wacky things floating around. Okay, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm strong and getting the conscience of the nation. Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. If people are paying less taxes overall, I don't understand why they're upset if the refund check is smaller, right? You realize it's not a gift. I've seen Americans get so happy, like, oh, my refund just came in. My refund. It's your own money that the government was holding on to. It's like a coat check. When you get your jacket back, it will be with me like, yes, I got a jacket. Yes, I can take that vacation after all. Wow, drum him out of progressive America. Trevor Noah, you are persona non grata. You've gotten, you've gotten in the way of the narrative, you idiot. The narrative is the refund is smaller, so Trump ripped everybody off. Idiot. Man, oh man, oh man. I Send like, him back to South Africa. I like him lecturing his viewers. It was your money. All right. God, that was priceless. Yeah. Wow. If, if, if yes, ever, I got a coat. <laughs> if ever I'm tempted to say something unkind about him, remind me of this moment. So, uh, I follow the news obsessively. It's what I do for a living. I also enjoy it. I, I think I would do it anyway, which is not healthy. A buddy of mine the other day said he said he's going to cut off a cable and just start stop watching news and stuff. Mm. I thought, awesome, good for Mm -hmm. you. Um, But so we've talked a lot about Howard Schultz, who's running for president, Starbucks CEO, the big sixty minutes piece, bunch of interviews he's done. We've played clips. We've discussed various plans and thoughts that he has. Whether he should run is topic number one among a lot of people. Sixty-three percent of Americans have no opinion of him. I read that as have been paying no attention, don't really know who he is. Right. 63%. 63%. He has 12% positive rating, 25% negative, 63%. I don't really know who that is. Mm. So keep that in mind. A lot of that negative is people who, you know, didn't get their order at Starbucks, I right. guess. But uh, This is not a mocha. This is a latte. Right. Completely different drink. Oh, it's so early. It's so crazy. I mean, I heard somebody going on and on about uh, Kamala versus... Uh, Cory Booker or something. It's like, I don't know, this is like preseason college football rankings. Who do you think is going to be better? You know, Kansas State or Texas Tech? I mean, if you're that into it, go ahead. But Hey, Mike and the romantic music, by the way, Michael, on Valentine's Day. Somebody with a romantic heart. Joe's being a bit of a curmudgeon on this Valentine's Day. A bit. <laughs> 
the most romantic day of the year. So, putting aside the stupidity of that statement... <laughs> um, oh, man, I had two two things in front of me, and one I was going to keep in my head, and it just flitted right out. Well, I'll go with the stuff in front of me. Uh, giant, giant, giant problem with homelessness on the West Coast. Uh, if you live there, you're hip to it. If you don't, uh, maybe not, but... Uh, I have the question, by the way. I'll save that for the end. The question on the whole homeless issue that I don't hear answered. My wife actually spoke at a Chamber of Commerce meeting yesterday on the very topic. The question. The question. That is a great tease. So, uh, capital of California, the capital of the resistance, where Gavin Newsom is trying to declare himself the anti-Trump, the new governor of Cal Unicornia. The mayor of the city of Sacramento, Daryl Steinberg, is recommending a $40.5 million proposal to fund 781 new shelter beds for two years. Okay, I'm going to have to get to the question really quickly then. Oh. With this information. Well, I think... I think, I'll let you go. You know, I have a feeling I know where you're yeah, going. But I'm nobody sure. ever addresses the question. Right. Uh, well, I'm, I might be getting there. But anyway, so they're going to... Uh, they're going to spend, or they're thinking of spending tens of millions of dollars, then hundreds of thousands of dollars a month to run this thing. And there are uh, some uh, of the council people, including uh, somebody by the name of Ash Ashby, who says four hundred thousand dollars a month just to get a hundred and ninety-four people housed to me just seems like a lot of money. <laughs> Do you think? It reminds me of uh, Obamacare and a couple of other uh, schemes. Why don't you just buy each one of them a condo and move? Home? Just buy it. Boy, and it's all just—it's all just lumped together. You're homeless, using my finger quotes. Okay, you have mental illness. Couldn't take care of yourself if you wanted to. Right. You are uh, a drunk or a drug addict. You're going to have to deal with that somehow first. And nobody really knows how to do that. Unless you really, really want to. Unless that individual really, really wants to quit doing drugs or alcohol. Mm-hmm. And even then, it's going to be very hard. But unless they want to, not much you can do about that. And then there's a certain percentage of people that could work, but they don't want to. They just don't like playing by the rules. But they all get my money and get to stay in a bed in the same room. Right. Completely different circumstances. Mm-hmm. At the slightly less rainy end of Cal Unicornia, uh, San Diego and L.A. counties are trying to figure out how to do, deal with people living in their cars, and they're changing all sorts of ordinances because lots and lots and lots of people are now living in their cars. And they've realized... They're living outdoors. Well, yeah, indeed. Um, and they've realized, okay, rousting them out of this neighborhood, making them drive to that neighborhood where they get rousted two hours later, blah, blah, blah. Love this news in my car, man. You get the heater going. Oh, it's great. Lay yeah, seat I, back. I'm always afraid of getting robbed. Where do you park? <laughs> I park in the hard streets. We'll park in the not so hard streets and take a snooze. What's that now? <laughs> so, um, so they're trying to figure out how to deal with that. And to that end, in one of the great homeless capitals of the world, uh, San Francisco, eight out of ten people living in cars and RVs in San Francisco don't appear interested in moving into permanent housing. Yeah. This from the uh, notably liberal San Francisco Chronicle. Eight out of ten living in vehicles don't want to move into permanent housing, and only half of the car campers want any help from city programs, according to a survey by the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. Now, I'm not mentioning this to leap to some sort of aggressive right-wing stance. I will. Um, Jack will. Uh, but here's, here's my thing. Here's my political prejudice. I want to know what is... 
And then I want policies designed based on what will work, not what will make me feel good about myself or make me feel enlightened for backing it or get me back slaps from my friends. I These want people to know, are mentally ill. I'm not. I just live in my RV and I'm perfectly happy with it. Yeah, I, I, I would. I live in an RV. Lots of people do that for vacation. You want to move me into some bed bug ridden shelter with crazy people yeah, who are going to steal by, my stuff? I'm surrounded no. by people I don't want to be around. No. I tell you what, if you know, it's a matter of time. I end up homeless. It's a matter of time. <laughs> I mean, if I if I have an RV, even like a junky one, I'm thinking, okay, things could be worse. Things could be worse. As long as I get a little gas now and again to move the thing when I need to, I'm good. It's a mobile home. I'm houseless, but I'm not homeless. I live here. Um, so that's interesting. Even half of the people in their cars say, just leave me alone. So there's much more to this. We'll get to it eventually. Yeah, and the one question on the homeless issue, which you didn't get to, but we will. Um, News, Marshall, what's coming up? Well, former acting FBI Director McCabe in a 60-minutes interview that sparked a lot of reaction. Former actor because he got fired for lying. We've got uh, Stormy Daniels' legal advisor, Michael Avenatti, in the news yet again. And the connection between marijuana and heart attacks. Oh, boy. So you have the one question, but I have to wait for it. About the homeless situation, During yes. the luck. Coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So here's the number one problem with the whole homeless issue thing, as far as I can tell, living in a town that provides lots of services. If you provide services for the homeless people, how do you not just end up with more homeless people? Well, you do. The towns that don't, but nobody ever addresses that. We've got this many homeless people in a town, and we need to provide this many beds. We're going to end up with twice as many homeless people six months later. I'm not hearing a lot of compassion here. So what's our plan? Then just build more places? And the town over there that doesn't provide as many services? That's where I live. They don't have as many homeless people. Correct. So, so thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, just, thank you very much, misguided people. So whether you're the entire state of California or whatever town you live in, if you provide more services, you'll end up with more. One out of three homeless people in the whole country are in California because they provide more services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what? how do you solve that riddle? Or maybe you think that's okay. I want to be the town or the state or the county that provides the services. Okay. Super. Super. Uh, Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump is slamming former FBI acting director Andrew McCabe, calling him disgraced. During an interview with 60 Minutes, McCabe said he believed Trump fired FBI director James Comey to obstruct the Russia investigation and said he decided to launch investigations into the president shortly after Comey's firing. He says he wanted to get things in place right away, afraid the investigations would be shut down. I was very concerned that I was able to put the Russia case on absolutely solid ground in an indelible fashion that were I removed quickly or reassigned or fired, that the case could not be closed 
or uh, vanish in the night without a trace. I wanted to make sure that our case was on solid ground and if somebody came in behind me and closed it and tried to walk away from it, they would not be able to do that without creating a record of why they'd made that decision. Because you're such a, a documentary record. That's right. I can't that even listen to this investigations had begun because you feared that they would be made to go away. Shut exactly up. Right. I can't listen to this. I cannot listen to this. Why are they talking to a guy who got fired for lying? By his own department. Right. Why would I listen to anything he's got to say? You know how hard it is to fire the FBI director for lying? That's not a minor play. You know what he said? He may go to prison. They're still investigating it. He said he was driven to do these things, as he was explaining in the clip, because he was afraid the investigation would just vanish off the face of the earth. And it was he did what he did in the critical eight days between the firing of Comey and the appointment of Robert Mueller. Now, the Congress and the Justice Department and the White House and everybody else was talking about a special counsel. And all the media was on this story. And it was all about Robert Mueller, the likely pick, and he'd be identified in all the papers and the rest of it. So how precisely was the investigation going to vanish during those eight days when Mueller was already hiring staff and picking out office space? Do all these FBI chiefs... Have they all pumped themselves up to the, p- the point that they feel like the entire nation hinges on their decisions? Like I don't know. He and Comey both feel like, well, I'm the only one. I'm the only one who could do this. So I, I might have to do things that are even illegal because I'm the only one that can keep this democracy going. And then they do crazy stuff. But he's a known convicted liar. So I don't understand why you'd listen to anything he's got to say. A former business partner of attorney Michael Avenatti is accusing him of hiding millions of dollars from a bankruptcy court. What? He seems so honorable to me. Avenatti, of course, has been the lawyer manager for former porn star Stormy Daniels in her case against President Trump. Presidential hopeful, Democratic presidential hopeful Michael Avenatti. Go on. Jason Frank was a lawyer at Egan Avenatti and has been trying to collect a $10 million judgment against the firm for quite a while now. He claims Avenatti went out and opened up six bank accounts and received legal fees while the firm was in bankruptcy, and the funds were used then by Avenatti for personal expenses, like paying his rent for his Century City apartment, his payments on his Ferrari, payments to his ex-wife, and the list goes on and on. Uh, So uh, I think we're at the point now where Michael Avenatti is uh, Armstrong and Getty level six, meaning... Yeah, I will have his name on my air if he cures cancer or assassinates a public figure. There you go. Otherwise, he is dead to me. Five people hurt after a plane bound from Orange County to Seattle had to land in Reno. The Delta flight ran into some very severe turbulence yesterday evening. Sent drink carts flying, a plane taking a nosedive twice. It was harrowing. It really was. It was so scary. It sounded like we hit two brick buildings at 30,000 feet. Three people going to the hospital with minor injuries. Two were treated at the airport. And doctors worry that marijuana could cause people to have heart attacks. Had a Canadian man suffering a heart attack after consuming a marijuana edible lollipop that contained a psychoactive ingredient called THC. The lollipop had 90 milligrams of THC, which... Did you say a psychoactive agreement called THC? That's what that's they're what calling it. That's what gets you high with marijuana. Yes. So you've reported that to, like, it was news to people, <laughs> including you. A lollipop had... <laughs> 90 milligrams, you say? <laughs> 90 milligrams of THC. They drink continuing, uh, containing something called alcohol. <laughs> causes people to behave, behave erratically. Anyway, one concern is that people will take edibles without knowing how much to consume, and they don't 
don't take into account any health issues they may have when they are consuming these edibles. So the doctors are saying, watch out. And uh, from some independent research, uh, it, the way you consume it is very different. When you uh, ingest it orally uh, with edibles, such like that, it gets processed through the liver, which has a different effect on if you smoke it or inhale it. Right. So, you know, just... Good to have a marijuana junkie on the staff. Just clarify this. <laughs> Be <thing>. aware. <laughs> it's a study he read. Yeah, yeah, on the Internet. Well, I've, I've had a number of people experienced in the arts say... Be real careful with the edibles. Yes, yes. Start, start you go small. from this isn't working to utterly helpless in the blink of an eye. Oh, Oof. yeah, that's the other thing. It takes a lot longer to actually feel the effects so people aren't ready for it when it actually does. That's according to research and uh, many studies. And yes. that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Me, I like to hyperventilate to get high. I just <laughs> breathe really fast until I feel lightheaded. I'm gonna go I listen to Pink Floyd. I'm gonna go stand in line at the candy shop like all the other morons when we get off the air today because I didn't buy my stuff yesterday, like anybody with a brain would do. I wait until the actual day of. Stand in line with the other losers. So when I get in line, I'll say, "Hey, loser," and they can say, "Hey, how you doing, loser?" What's up, stupid? <laughs> Could have bought this yesterday or the day before or last week, but nope, buying it today. Here in line. Big line. No line yesterday. Big line today. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Stupid. Flowers are different. You got to buy them the same day. Really kind of if you want them to look pretty good. Maybe yesterday. Maybe. Oh, yeah. The candy I could have bought a month ago. Please. Year Two years. <laughs> Thrift store candy. <laughs> Um, Chuck Grassley uh, praying for Trump or asking us all to pray for Trump, among other things. Yeah, a prayer request on the Armstrong and Getty Show next. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. pray that the president will have wisdom to sign the bill so the government doesn't shut down. Pray prayer request from uh, Chuck Grassley of Iowa. Pray the president has the wisdom to sign the bill. I wish he, the Chuck Grassley tape I wish we had uh, from yesterday was when he used the term city slickers. <laughs> He's talking about the Green New Deal and how there are city slickers who think that food grows in a grocery store, not on farms. And, he, you know, he has a point. So I am uh, completely over any talk about the shutdown or whatever. I just, whatever. Wake me when it's over. It's chance of another one, Jack. Stay with That's us. That's fascinating stuff. Oh, hey, coming up, some great Frederick Douglass quotes. Okay. On Frederick Douglass Day. Oh, so you're celebrating Frederick Douglass's birthday. Correct. Whereas the rest of us care about romance and love. I care about and ideas. flowers. Heroes. And candy. Uh, America. And a fanciful notion of what romance is. Courage. A um, couple of stories that are out. This just across. Amazon says it's canceling its plans to build a corporate campus in New York City. So is the is it back on? Is the is the the courtship back on for cities all across America to get Amazon to show up and change your city overnight? Now with activists on the alert that they can derail those plans if they make enough noise. We'll see. It looks a little like a game of chicken to me, but... That wouldn't work in a lot of cities. It works in a New York. It could work in a San Francisco, but it's mm-hmm. not going to work in a lot of cities. Nope. Most people are going to say, oh my God, 
this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to us. Yeah. Let's build a solid gold road straight from the airport to the new <laughs> campus. Oh, it's uh, funny. Uh, a number of our listeners who lean a little left have asked us to criticize the whole Scott Walker Foxconn Wisconsin deal that uh, the president made a big deal of. And yeah, it looks like they got ripped off. Foxconn got, isn't coming through with their promises at all. Who got ripped off? Uh, the people of Wisconsin, really. Mm. Yeah, they got enormous tax breaks. It's not going to be nearly the jobs they said. It's not going to be the sort of jobs they said. And it's just, it just appears to be a bit of a screwing. And they should have done a lot more due diligence. <sighs> and, yeah, the president touted that. And I think it's a, it's a screwing of the people of Wisconsin. So there you have it. Doesn't uh, that I, make your milk curd or something? Curdle? Curdle? Is that the word? I believe it is. I'm, I grew up in Wisconsin. I don't know. Ate a lot of cheese. Uh, another story just across the parliament in Egypt. Who knew they had a parliament and why do they have a parliament based on this news story as they just cleared the way for El Sisi to be the president of Egypt until 2034. Mm. 2034. Right. So he is a full-on... 16-year term. It is a full... Well, he's already been 15. there for four or so. All so, right. You're quibbling now. So he's a full-on military dictator. That's what the Arab Spring got you there. You're trying to curdle my love of the Egyptian government. When he realized that if you let people vote, they'll vote for the Muslim Brotherhood, said, nah, I'm taking over. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. a military dictatorship and a friend of the United States, and we give them more money than any country on earth except for Israel. Um, and they captured a spy for Iran. This Air Force special agent woman defected and had been doing the... You know, she'd been betraying her country. Right. Gave Iran all kinds of super secret information about how we were, that we were, we had found a way to, to same, we'd done this in the past. We had found the um, chain of equipment for a lot of their nuclear reactors and rockets and stuff like that and got bad parts in there. That's really wild the way we do oh, that. Oh, man, and she leaked that. She leaked that. She also leaked the names of various... Spies that have been outed. Hopefully, they don't have, end up dead Ooh, or tortured because they do that a lot. Yeah, wow, wow, well, wow. But we do that somehow. We figure out so Iran's building a rocket. They're ordering the parts from here mm-hmm. in wherever they're ordering them, and somehow we get defective parts into that chain. Love that's, it. That's got to be the, the, quite a story of how that occurs. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I love that idea. Yeah, but anyway, she's a full-on traitor and should be executed. I, yeah. I, don't I know. hope she will be. Certainly, or uh, you know. How about uh, 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 cell next to old El Chapo? They're at Supermax, an yeah. eight-foot cell. You know, it's funny. I, there was some clickbait on an article I was looking at a few minutes ago, and it was this guy proudly standing next to his uh, his uh, what do you call it? Tiny house or what's the oh the, yeah the tiny, tiny houses? House. Yeah. yeah, the tiny house thing. And yeah, how proud the headline house. was about how proud he was and all. And I looked at the dimensions; it's the same size as El Chapo's cell. Oh, dude. Dude, normally you have to run a cartel or betray your country to get sentenced to this, and you're you're posed next to the thing smiling. You don't need much space. It's all about whether or not you can leave or not. It would feel completely different. Ah, uh, I'll grant you that. Yeah, I could sleep and watch TV in here if I know that anytime I want, I can step outside and go for a walk or a jog or whatever I want to do. Go to a restaurant. If I know I can't go anywhere, still 23 hours a day, it starts to feel a little smaller. You don't want a living room and a family room and a parlor? And to study? I actually think I could live perfectly happy in that cell. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to have TV and access to books. Well, well, I don't even need TV. If I got access to books and my guitar, I think I could live there the rest of my life. Well, if the IRS ever returns my calls, you may get a chance to try it. <laughs> so, anyway, 
while the rest of you halfwits are celebrating Valentine's Day, I'm celebrating <laughs> Frederick Douglass Day. Okay. The great American who I was aware of and admired as a youth, but then having read our friend Tim Sandifer's fantastic book, Frederick Douglass, Self-Made Man, um, he, is, uh, he has reached the very top level of my heroes. He American really heroes. should be thought of uh, uh, right there with our founding fathers, one of our founding fathers. I would agree. Came a little later in the story, but uh, yes. I would agree. And listen, I'm a I'm a I'm a white guy, so where do I get off? But the idea that people like Al Sharpton are running around and identified as a civil rights leader and get on the TV all the time and are part of every story in a world where people like Frederick Douglass have lived and continue to live is just it's obscene. It's obscene. Let's go anyway. I'm sprinkling in some Frederick Douglass quotes, including and you know it's interesting. Buy me a drink someday. I'll tell you what it's like doing talk radio these days during the time of Trump. The Trumpian times where everybody's angry all the time and everybody's in their camps. And, and you know, you say you say something the least bit critical of one thing or another. And people who've loved you forever just are angry. Um, it's, it's a little weird. On the other hand, you know, you got problems at your job, too. So boo-hoo. But um, here are a couple of quotes of Frederick Douglass's that I've really taken to heart. At a time like this, scorching irony, not convincing argument, is needed. Hmm. I wish I had a little more context on that. Yeah, I'm sure he said... That's when he was a writer for The New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> he was a sitcom writer. Um, I have a feeling he said something nasty. And somebody called him on it. At a time like this, scorching irony, not convincing argument, is needed. Well, a lot of the great writers of, of our history know what a powerful tool mockery is. Um, and then this one. I prefer to be true. You're fat. You mean that kind of mockery? That's a powerful tool. Something tells me that old Fred Douglas was a little more eloquent than that. But who, what do I know? I prefer to be true to myself, even at the hazard of incurring the ridicule of others, rather than to be false and to incur my own abhorrence. Ooh, you don't want to incur your own abhorrence. Yesterday, Trump said he he was asked why he doesn't have a dog. First president in like 60 years to not have a dog. And he said, yeah. I'd feel phony having a dog. I don't like dogs. I thought that was interesting. And he said, I'm too busy. Being true no, to himself. No, he's a germaphobe. He doesn't want a furry animal. Not everybody about. wants a dog. How many politicians got a dog just because it would look good? Hillary Clinton? Who knows what she actually wants? Right. But she's the sort of person that would get a dog because you're supposed to have a dog. Right, right. Then she crafted her dead-on dog imitation. Try to fool reporters. Why? We remember the story. She said, "Oh yeah, my oh, dog is in the." Up. She said, <laughs> "She said, oh yeah, my dog's in the van." And then she turned, put her hand over her face, and did that. Yeah. That's why I stumbled into that van. I tripped over my dog. Why? Why was she barking? I can't remember the context of that. She was chasing a car. She saw a mailman. <laughs> No, that was during the time where uh, Trump's rhetoric was described as racist dog whistles. Oh. So she decided to bark. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's pretty good, though. Uh, I like this. No man can put a chain around the ankle of his fellow man without at last finding the other end fastened about his own neck. Mm. That's why I'm a lover of liberty, Jack. Even when it gets me a world I'm not crazy about, liberty is the great principle. So you're celebrating Frederick Douglass Day. I, as a romantic, is celebrating Valentine's Day with this coffee cup that my wife got me. It is a red and white cup with Donald Trump's face on it, and it says, I want you on my side of the wall. <laughs> How romantic <laughs> is that? Oh, that is beautiful. 
I'm your refugee of love, baby. Let me in. One more. One more from Frederick Douglass. And the last sentence or two of this is, is super famous, but uh, the struggle may be a moral one. It may be a physical one, or it may be both moral and physical, but it must be a struggle. Power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did, and it never will. Which is one of the reasons I'm a libertarian, whatever that means. I understand that the government and the power it wields is not for you. They claim it's for you because that gets you to give them power. It's for them, and it will grow, and it will grow, and it will grow. That's the only thing it does unless you demand that power back and struggle for it. Blah, blah, blah. That's why nobody invites me to parties. I take everything too seriously. The Wall Street Journal has more details on this breaking Amazon story. So so Amazon, according to the Wall Street Journal, has not only decided against their second headquarters in New York City, they don't plan to reopen the second headquarters search. So maybe that's just off. Maybe his girlfriend said, I don't like the idea. And that was the end. New York's so crowded. If you want to have sex with me again, you better stop that second headquarters business. (laughs) And that was the end of that. That's your theory. <laughs> Is that how marriages work? <laughs> kind of. You know, but haven't we all, like, gone through an experience and thought, I'm not doing that again? Yeah, oh yeah. We thought, all right, New York, fine. We'll just go with Virginia. I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm busy designing products that steal your data and spy on you. And sexing up TV hosts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking pictures of my junk and then send it to women that aren't my wife. That's I a- don't want to go to that Bronx. <laughs> All right, baby. All right, then. We'll cancel it. Want another picture of my junk? I've got plenty. I sent it to all my friends. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.